All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on this lovely day. Thank you for everybody joining online. NordFMC.com is where you can get the messages, iTunes, Android, whatever, for the audio, and, of course, Facebook for the video. Um, all right, well, I'm excited about the message we have today. It's material that I've covered a few different times, but this is, this is one of those throughout your week, in your home, your relationships type of message, and I and I and I do love that charge that God has given me. Um, so, I always see this man. How many rabbit trails are you willing to let me go on today? There are two paths in this world, not like the ones Led Zeppelin said. <laughs> Anybody get that one? Yes, there are two paths you can. Do you want me to sing "Stairway to Heaven" to you? Because I will. <laughs> um, no, but there's two choices in this world. There's your life as it is, doing things your own way. And then there's the life following Christ Jesus. Now, forget church for a second. Um, Steph just talked about... Okay, Steph just talked about... Steph just talked about um, some folks who say they... uh, Okay, this is just my philosophy and theology. You're allowed to feel whatever you want. But I've rarely come across anyone in my life who's truly encountered Christ Jesus, the, the person... And has then walked away from him. I have a lot of people. Well, you know what? Let's just do this. You ever read Rob Bell's books? You ever listen to Rob Bell? He's a full-fledged universalist now. Not even a joke. He talks about Christ consciousness and stuff. And so a lot of people look at Rob Bell. Used to be a pastor of a church. People, people. He wrote Love Wins, and he wrote a bunch of other great books. And can I tell you something? If you've looked in the face of Christ Jesus, if He's held you together, where else are you going to go? Like nobody, you know what I'm trying to say? Like that's the reality of it all. It is. And so there's a scripture in the Bible that people use to beat each other up where Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. I think it's really obvious what he's saying. We never knew each other. We never had relationship. So that's because somebody was praying here about folks who've publicly denounced Jesus. But I have this strong suspicion that it was never, you never knew me. I even think words like backsliding and stuff, I'm not sure those are even proper terms either. I think people make choices every day and have proclivities, and there's a war inside of us, but I think church has used it to, uh, in a negative way. All right, so let's jump into the message, guys. Okay, so let me just give you a couple things. There's a lot you can take today. Some of you, this is going to be huge. Some of you have heard it, and you need to retouch, because I know I do. Disclaimer, I am not perfect at this. I got three quarters way through writing a book, this book, years ago, and I stopped, because I'm not good at this. Do you understand? But that doesn't mean, I'm not going to wait to be Jesus before I start serving him. Y'all better get that, too. Y'all still got things in your life you're not proud of? Fine. We'll still get out and serve people. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Nobody said do it perfectly. That's why we see Peter stumble. That's why we see these guys stumble. So I'm going to give you this information, but don't think I'm great at it. Save your emails if you know me in my personal life and I'm struggling in certain areas. Save the email. I'm well aware of it, okay? So let's do this. I feel like I've gotten some some clarity on this lately. And this is so... uh, Okay. I know you're going to think this is pithy, but it's huge to me. How we love people in our daily lives, at our jobs, at our blah, blah, blah is actually, I feel, God's signature on our lives. And again, I know it sounds, you've heard that a hundred times, but it's the light that shines letting others know who we are and who our Father is, okay? So listen, I don't think it's what you do and don't do that speaks to others. I think it's how you love. In other words, I don't think that coming to church, checking in, which go ahead and check in, Nord FMC. 
Give us the review, like, hit subscribe. All my kids watch those those open videos and like Blippy and stuff. Some moms know. And they always got to like and subscribe. I've never once pimped that, except now I just did. <laughs> anyway, I don't think it's the fact that you check into church. I don't think that you go to church. I don't think you sharing these messages is great. But that will literally not show anyone anything about your relationship with Jesus Christ. But how you love them, how you forgive them, how you show them grace will. There's the part I'm saying I'm not perfect at. Here's the thing. Nothing is more attractive for people to come and see than the love that you wield intentionally. And I'm starting to get this. Um, I used to hide the stuff I did that, that I could be lectured about. You know, hide the addiction, hide the beer at the wedding, whatever it may be. Uh, not talk about the movie that I used to let the cost a lot. No, I never watched Game of Thrones, stuff like that. But God's no, God knows what's up in my life, and he's in charge of changing me. And he is. He is changing me. But not doing stuff is not a way to win people to Christ Jesus. I don't believe that. I believe loving people where they are right now will. So I've never won someone to Christ by pretending I didn't want that beer at the wedding or the glass of wine. Oh, you must really love Jesus. I saw you didn't have a glass of wine, said no one ever. Said no one ever. You don't smoke. You must love Jesus. What? It didn't happen except somehow that was my, that was my litmus, litmus test. Oh, I saw that you didn't go see that Avengers movie. You must be, you know, a good follower of Christ. No, that's not how people get to know even who he is. In fact, sometimes if you flaunt your own convictions, people think Jesus is a prude and a killjoy. Show me that in the Bible, dude. What was he doing at the wedding? Don't dance. Some people literally outlawed dancing in church. Oh, I'm not making that up. I know it sounds absurd now, but literally certain denominations, dancing was illegal. I mean, that makes me angry in my heart because if you've met Jesus, he's probably the first one on the dance floor at that wedding where he changed the water into grape juice. I'm not, and I'm not even saying, listen, I'm not even saying, listen, you work out your own stuff with him being conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. I mean that. You work that out. But I think we need to put first things first, which is this. The greatest command was to love the Lord your God with all you've got and love others. That was, I mean, that's the greatest command. He literally used the word greatest there. We elevated morality. We elevated our idea of what people are supposed to act above that. How many people have you met that don't drink, smoke, or chew, or hang out with chicks who do, but they're horrible to be around? Right? And you know what you learn about Jesus? All the wrong stuff. And I know y'all, I mean, and me too, we're, we're all recovering from the wounds of other people. The systems, the whatever it may be, that church over that, and it, it shapes your idea. Let me go off on something for a second. My gosh, am I even going to give this message today? So I heard something the other day. Tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, okay? Very rarely are people upset at systems. People are upset at people. And here's what I mean. Boy, I hate big business. I hate big industry. Do you mean that you hate Mark from HR who fired you seven years ago from that corporation? Oh, that's who you hate. And if you look at me online, if you hate church and you hate religion... Who's the priest, pastor, or grandma who, who hurt you? You can't arbitrarily hate a system. You hate what it represents, but it's your problems with a person, dude. Your problems with the way they made you feel, what they said from the pulpit that made you feel not good enough, the way your mom said, your problems with a person, go work it out. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you know who doesn't, you know who very rarely has, has, has people have problems with him? Yeshua. 
Very rarely do people have problems with Jesus. What has he done to hurt you people? He died for you. He openly accepts you and was waiting to heal you at every turn. Your problem is not with him, and it's not even with church and organized religion. It's from the people who hurt you. Go deal with that. Do you understand, people? Do you agree with what I'm saying? Oop, it stinks like truth, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? I know, man, because I've been there. I'm the last guy that wants to walk in a church building. Go figure I work here. It's kind of like God's joke. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I saw it for what it was, and I didn't have any time for it. But you know what I see? It's not the, the building. It's not, it's not his body of, it's not his bride. It's that jerk over there. Three different things I vetoed, and I said jerk. I was proud of myself just then. If you know me in my real life, that's absolutely true. Okay. Loving others is, is, is the way people see God in us. So I want to I show you something. I'll tell you something. So I was walking in church a couple years ago in the snow, and I looked back, and I looked at my footprints, and I had one duck foot and one straight foot. Marsha laughs at me, but I was like, that can't be good. So I went to a chiropractor, and you know what? Chiropractor is awesome. I'm a huge fan. Um, I know it used to be witchcraft back in the day. Now we realize, oh, there's a lot of good stuff to this. Huh? Um, well, anyway, so I was like, something is out of alignment. So dude worked me out, you know, tens units are awesome. 27 bucks on uh, Amazon can save you three times. Anyway, so he, the stuff was there, but he, he lined me back up. Some of the pain, some of the ache and all that sort of stuff went away. Now, there's something in there for our spirituality and, and, and our relationships as well. All the pieces were there. Everything was there that was necessary. Things were just out of line. I wrote a book almost uh, years and years ago talking about this with relationships. God has shown me that some part of my relationships were out of alignment with others, and some relationships were simply, listen, in the wrong place. If we're commanded to love people, and it's really important, which it is, actually, go ahead, let's show me this first slide, please. Love your neighbor. You've heard it said, Jesus says. Love your neighbors and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Time out. That's literally what I just said. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you can look like your dad. Because he causes the sun, the good stuff, to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain, the good stuff, on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, I'm going to circle back to that. I could have given you the greatest command is this, blah, blah, blah. Love your neighbor as yourself. I could have given you all those things, but, but let's leave that there. I'm going to bounce off that in two different ways. Now, some people are harder to love than others, right? But I want to propose something that can help us understand why. And maybe some things we can do to walk in obedience to this. Number one, we all have these. Let's kick it right into high gear. We all have people who drain us, let us down, don't give us what we need, whether verbally or whatever, criticize you, put you down, questions your decisions, overpowers you, makes you feel small, heap guilt on you for whatever reason. Can anybody relate to having those sort of people? They exist. Can we say that? Yes, they do. Now, well, that's just the way they are. That's just the situation. Eh, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going I'm to challenge that notion. Difficult people abound. Even Jesus dealt with difficult people, okay? And if you don't have difficult people in your life, you is difficult people. How's that? Just so you know. <clears throat> but the lies are this. The lies are this is just the way they are. This is just situation. It's always going to hurt. Much like chiropractic, maybe there's some help out there, Okay. So let me build this slowly because it sounds simple, but it's actually profound. So every time you say it, that's just who they are, the hard reality when it comes to loving the people in your life is you have a choice in every relationship. You can choose to decide what that relationship produces in your heart. Now, here's what I mean. 
you have a choice about what expectations you place on whom and what needs each person is put in the position to fill. Are you with me so far? Kind of. I get it. I get it. A lot of people I talk to about their troubled relationships never realize that they have the power to change the relationship by changing themselves. We spend a lot of time trying to change other people. We miss the greatest and most powerful truth. We can change how we are affected by others by adjusting what role each person is placed in in our lives. I'm going to get there in a second, guys. I'm going to build this and then give you an example like I always do. I believe that any relationship that's not in its ideal place or falls out of it, that's where tension and discomfort comes from. I feel like this is one of the main issues. Are you going to a fern for nectar or a cactus for cuddles? I, in my book, I was going to draw a picture of an ant trying to get away from a rainstorm under, uh, or, you know, yeah, a fern for nectar. Yeah, going to a fern, a bee trying to get pollen out of a fern. Ferns don't have pollen. Or somebody who needed a nice tender hug walking over to a cactus and looking for it. Is it the cactus's fault for being a cactus? Maybe it's the thing going. Years ago, uh, I have an older brother named Nick. He's a good older brother. He's the type of brother who, uh, two years older than me, he was way bigger than me growing up. No offense, dude. Um, but I was thin. <laughs> um, well, he was the type of brother who, I remember being on the snow pile playing Transformers, Generation 1. I was Optimus Prime. And I remember punching him in the face. And he got so mad, he tackled me, and he put his knees on me. And you know, you know that sucky spit thing people used to do? That's the worst. He knows. Where you go, and then he's sucking back up right as it is. And you're just, I, I, I couldn't get out. I mean, this, I was, ah! you know, I'm going nuts. And then he balls up his fist. He's like, one punch, and you're free to go. And I was like, do it. <laughs> do it, like Rambo. Come on, do it. And he's like, I can't do it. You're my brother. And I was like, aw. And that day I had a sicking suspicion that he was a better person than I am and certainly a better brother. But years pass by and all of a sudden it's, I'm married and I'm living in Potsdam and he's living in Pennsylvania. And I remember at one point, really kind of being down on my brother for a while. Like not really wanting to talk to him as much and all this sort of stuff. I'd call him up and I'd be talking about like my marriage or the Bible or something that was important to me. And he wouldn't have anything to say. I remember this. You know, just... And I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? And then literally, I believe God spoke to me and he said this. He says, um, I'll try to, try to remember how this came up. You're disappointed in your brother. I said, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I want to talk to him about this spiritual stuff. I want to get his advice and all this sort of stuff. I mean, you know what I mean? I want him to, to advise me, you know, that. And God goes, who said he's your advisor? I mean, I guess I did. Did he ask to be that person in your life? Well, no. And you're let down by him because he's not doing it. Yeah. Does he even know he's that person in your life? Ugh. Mike, I had put him in a position. I had put him in a position he never asked for, couldn't handle, didn't want, and it was ruining our relationship. I put him in the wrong place. You understand? You know what my brother's awesome at? I had to stain my deck, 561 square feet. <laughs> I had to stain my deck. You know who I call? My brother. Hey, dude, what do you know about staining decks? Bro, do not go with this one. Go with this other brand. And here's what you're going to... And just runs me through it. My brother's great at talking about movies. Loves talking about sports. The Packers aren't his favorite team, but because he loves me, he knows a lot about the Packers. And we will talk for an hour. Usually not about spiritual stuff. Usually not about... I had put him in that role, Mike. 
And because I did that, I was destroying our relationship. He couldn't handle it. That's just not how he was built. He was built for this over here. And one move on that chessboard, one change of placement allowed our relationship to thrive. Do you understand? Now do you understand by going to cactus for cuddles or a fern for nectar? If you have a relationship in your life where you're constantly let down, I want to ask you this. Who put those expectations on that person? And I think you're going to find that it was you. Well, you're supposed to. Well, you should. Time out. Who told you that? Remember, I always say that from up here, don't I? I always say that from up here. Let me go back to that in two seconds, but I want you to look up here and I want to see this. Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. We're going to talk about proper relationship placement. It's a term that I coined, proper relationship placement. That was supposed to, PRP was supposed to be the name of the book. And a lot of people will say this. Well, doesn't Jesus want you to be skipping through a field with butterflies on your shoulders, loving everyone and everybody's close to you? Time out. Then he would never have said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, here's the gospel according to some of you. I've heard, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, don't have enemies, says Jesus. But that's not what he says. He says, love your enemies. You're going to have people in your life that should be your enemy. Don't befriend those people. Don't let them in. You're going to get carved up. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, wow, look at it. I mean, but I tell you, don't have enemies. That's the Western gospel, but it's not true. Now, granted, Peter, put away your sword. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. But doesn't he just say that there are going to be people in your life that should be close to you, people in your life that are the outer? I got one for you. Peter, James, and John. Are those the three that are always close to Jesus? There's inner core. What would happen if he had taken Judas up on the mountain to see the transfiguration? You get it? Some people in your life are going to be over here or should be over here. And some people should be here. That Jesus is saying that to us. Some people, yeah. Mike, I remember last time we touched on this, there was an employee thing where something went down. I remember it a few years ago, right? And if you misinterpret, because a few weeks prior, I talked about boundary setting and loving and all this sort of stuff. And if you actually don't pay attention, you'll think you're supposed to give everybody unlimited chances and have that guy who's stealing from the coin purse working in your office. But Jesus just said this, people have a proper place in your life and in your workplace Find that out, and you'll be able to love them better. Does that make sense so far? Okay, that is about our halftime show right there. Good job, you guys. There are people that are not supposed to be close to you. I remember... I'll talk about expectations a little bit, too. Let's talk about expectations and, and, and roles. I was talking to someone who was meeting their, uh, one of their parents for the first time. She was an adult meeting one of her parents, and she was an, an anxious ball of mess, you know? And I was like, whoa, whoa, come here, come here. What are you looking for from this guy? Uh, I don't know. I'm like, do you need his approval? Do you need his acceptance? Do you need validation from him? Is that the position you're going to put him in? Well, no. Do you have someone who, who does those things for you in your life? She goes, yeah, my husband. I said, okay, what are you nervous about? She goes, I'm not anymore. <laughs> you see that? Do, does that make sense? To, to know ahead of time, what do I need? What am I looking for out of this relationship? And is this person able to do it? Now, single people, this is perfect because you go ahead of time with this. What am I looking for in a, in a potential spouse? And what do I need from them? And can, this person, hi, boom, can you do this? 
you're not doing that very well, then obviously you're not the person brought to me for that. Does that make sense? You don't go out there just willy-nilly. Go ahead of time. What role do you have people in? So let me get, let me get going. Expectations. Talk about relationships and proper relationship placement. Expectations are premeditated resentments. Let me say it a different way. Expectations are letdowns waiting to happen. That's what they are, dude. And a lot of times the barriers we have to loving as Jesus would have us to love is expectations he never designed for us and that we've declared for others. So let me pound through this. I have another one. I don't want to give that example. Okay, so sometimes maybe talking in the office, I'll have one spouse who's upset at the other spouse and let down and contempt has grown because they'll say something like, he or she's not a huge talker or whatever. And then if we do some digging, they'll realize that the other person has put some expectations on that person and it didn't go well. And the other person will even look at them and go, you're wrong because you're not this. You look at their spouse and say, you're wrong because you're not this. You're broken or flawed because you're not this. And the question is, who put that specific expectation on that person? We did. And it's dangerous ground. If you ever hear this, well, a man is supposed to be, a woman is supposed to be, a wife is supposed to be, a husband is supposed to be. I want you to challenge that. I want you to challenge that and I want you to ask, who said that? Some things are biblical. Okay, a man is supposed to be faithful, right? A wife is supposed to be loving and comforting. These are, these are universal truths that come from Father God. But other things like that, well, she's just not enough. He's just this, this. I want you to examine who said that. Expectations are silent killers. Well, you didn't pick up the phone. I'm mad at you because you didn't answer when I call. You're supposed to always answer when I call you. Why? Some of us feel that way. If that call doesn't get answered, it's like, well, you're supposed to answer the phone every time I call you. Why? Who told you that? You're supposed to give me your attention. You're supposed to always, mom and dad, you're supposed to always give to me, whatever. Who told you that? Right? We know about self-sacrificing and all that sort of stuff, but your expectations are silent killers. And expectations are, are the things that we look at to see what role other people are in in our lives. I know this is heavy, guys, but take it through the week. Um, stop trying to tra- change a person. Let me give you some advice. You can't change people because change comes from the inside out. Behavior modification is fun and it never lasts. It's true. It's, real change comes from the inside and the only thing inside of you is Holy Spirit. The only one inside of you that can change your spouse is Holy Spirit. So my, my, my advice would be this. Pray for them. Lovingly try to get in a place where you can pray for them and alongside them. And, and Holy Spirit will do the work of making that person more like uh, more like him. Now, another thing about proper relationship placement that we talk about in my book that no one will ever read <laughs> is that many people, how would I do this? Men are terrible at this, I'm going to tell you right now. But the Bible is huge about counsel. It says things like plans fail for lack of counsel, Correct. When kings go to war, they ask their counsel. Your best life is lived with a bunch of good people who love you sitting around the table of your life, speaking into your life. Do you understand that? And it's counterintuitive nowadays because as we've gotten connected with the internet, we're less connected personally. But every man and woman in here should have the right person sitting around the table advising you. 
You are the king of your life. You are the queen of your life. You're the only one. Well, get a bunch of, get a bunch of people around to advise you. But, but you would be shocked at how many people have fools sitting at their table in their lives. Or selfish people who only want to take from that person and want their life to look a certain way. Who do not have your best interest in mind. I want you to check your table now. If your sister's there because she's your sister, check yourself. She might not be the person God wants sitting at your table speaking into your life. Do you understand that? If you can, Lisa, they need you in the back. If you can, if you can look around and see who's at the table of your life is a great place to start. Many of you, again, especially men notoriously, even though women, oh boy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not scared of y'all women, I'm just saying. A lot, no, a lot of pastors are, so I'm going to say something hard to women, so you know I'm not scared of women. Number one, men won't have people at the table. B, women will act like they've let women close to them, but they won't because they're too busy competing with them. I told you I'm not scared of y'all. You'll, you'll sit there and go, I've got people in my life. No, you don't. You have her over here, and you still hate her, resent her, and judge her for things. I'm talking about people who get to speak into your life, who tell you the good and the bad. Now, here's the thing. We're not talking about Christian accountability bullcrap. Bull did you watch the new Avengers? I hear he said bollocks in it. <laughs> That's BS in Britain. But anyway, <laughs> I didn't want to say BS up here. I felt bad. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who can look at you and go, you know, you're tired. You're burnt out. I noticed you and so-and-so, you're really getting at each other. Everything okay? Everything okay? I love you. You get it? Look around the table of your life. If you have nobody there, men, then you need to be better about relationships. That's all that happens. Good friends will attract good friends. Do you know that? And I can tell you something, man. I truly believe I'm a good friend. I have some really close friends in my, li my life, and if you look at my call record, you'll see why. Because I reach out to them constantly. They reach out to me. It's not always easy. And it's so much easier to isolate, go out in the woods, and hang out by myself. But relationships are where we grow and learn and are held together. And if they're put in their proper place, they're going to help us get to where we're going. Does that make sense, Mike? But many of us, let me get back to what I was saying, we have fools at the table. Bad advice givers with no wisdom. You wouldn't go to someone who's been through three bankruptcies for financial advice, would you? You wouldn't go to someone who's in terrible romantic relationships for romantic advice, would you? Then why are you not checking the people in your life that are speaking into your life? Okay, let me, let me speed this up a minute. Let me, let's look at Proverbs, please. This isn't me being mean, dude. I'm just saying, if that guy is able to speak into your life because he's in your platoon or battalion, maybe that's the, maybe that's the wrong criteria because he got put there. Does that make sense, guys? Maybe if he shows that he's got wisdom and he shows that he loves you, walks with the wise, grow wise. Companion of fools suffer harm. Now listen, this is not a threat from me or even God. You're just saying, man, I've had some dumb friends in my life. And you know how those relationships usually ended? I was going to say bail money, but it never got that bad. <laughs> but I've done some dumb things in my life, including taking on some uh, proclivities or even like an addiction to tobacco by hanging out with a bunch of people who put that on me and didn't care any better. Didn't care. You know what I'm saying? People didn't care about me, and I realized I ended up suffering harm. I'm not coming at you. I'm just telling you this is wisdom. And if you don't want to receive it for you, receive it for your kids. Learn that scripture right on this thing right here. And that's why you vet who comes in and out of your house and out of your kids' lives. It's true. Proper relationship placement. Let me, let me land the plane here. Matthew 10, 16. Let's do this. I feel like uh, I've given you some good things today. 
This is Jesus himself. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. How do I want to do this? Let's look at the bottom part. Shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. I think a lot of Western church has said innocent as doves. Doormats as doves. Be kick aroundable. Especially you men. Don't raise your voice. Don't be, no, hey, don't, no. You be women. That's what we got in the evangelical church. We got that a lot. Even in the way we're supposed to dress and the things we're supposed to do and the things we're supposed to say. We even have a term called toxic masculinity. You know, what's, you know what's bad about masculinity? When it's used selfishly. You know what's bad about femininity? The same darn thing. I've watched... <laughs> My baggage was about to go showing. I've watched just as many sets of ovaries tear down men as I have men tearing down sets of ovaries. It's, there's no difference. It's just biology. So I think actually femininity is very toxic. And I don't want your femininity to show at all. <laughs> oh, wait. That's the other religions from other parts of the world where you've got to wear a full covering because your femininity is toxic? No. I think masculinity, all right, masculinity is like a knife, which I happen to have because I'm a man. I don't know. <laughs> Greg. This in and of itself is not good or bad. It is neutral. And if you study the Bible, you'll find that Jesus pretty much explains that everything is not, not, neither good or bad. It's neutral. Tobacco leaves are not bad. It's what you do with it later on that could hurt a person. Even coca, which could be turned into cocaine, thousands if not millions of people have been murdered over that plant, but is the plant bad? No. This is masculinity. And as a good church I like out in Colorado says, I don't think we do this and put it away. I'm not going to teach my, my ch I have a boy. I'm not going to teach him non-masculinity. You know what I'm going to do? We're going to sharpen the crap out of his masculinity, make it as sharp as possible, and teach him to use it the right way. Because this can do harm, but can also do a lot of good. I like carving food for the people I love using a knife and feeding them and providing for them. I like carving the deer that I shoot, feeding and providing for my family. We can free people bound up with knives, can't we? There's a lot of good things we can do. So stop it, society. Don't tell masculinity to go away. Sharpen it and make it amazing and aim it in the right direction. And, you know, and the same with femininity. If you're better in the emotional arena than your husband, don't beat him with it. That's toxic. If you can outthink him and outcommunicate him, stop walking into that arena and abusing him there. And men, if you're bigger and stronger and faster... Don't walk her into the arena and abuse her there. Does that make sense? Sometimes I feel like domestic violence from a man looks like this. Domestic violence from a woman looks like this. Year after year after year after year. I told you I'm not afraid of you. It's absolutely the truth. Manipulation, nagging, holding resentments. He's over it, but the next day you start it back up again. That's just as abusive as yelling day after day after day. Do you understand that? My wife is sitting here. I'm not perfect at this. Did I start the message by saying that? I did start the message by saying that. But truth is truth, right? Proper relationship placement. That's what we're talking about today. Because if you're commanded to love, if I'm commanded to love my big brother, Nick, who's a great big brother, but I put him in the wrong place as advisor, spiritual counselor, and that's not how he was built, guess what? After a while, I'm not going to be loving him well. But I did that, didn't I? So if you've got someone in your life, I want you to prayerfully say, Jesus, okay, this guy has kind of set me free. 
he's saying that just because someone is in, you know, my family, coworker, whatever it is, just because they're in my life, you're saying, because Jesus, you said there's going to be enemies, you're saying that I actually should prayerfully choose what role they have in my life and what expectations I put on them. Lord, what expectation should I put on this person? What role can they handle? Does that make sense? And doggone it, I think in church we should be able to get practical wisdom for how to be obedient. That's why we're talking about this today. So let's, uh, let's close it down here. I was going to talk about singleness. I don't need to be doing that. Oh, wait. I almost missed it. Sorry, Kirk. Sorry, pal. Up here, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. You know what I thought about? Why didn't he say sheep among uh, a T-Rex, sheep among a tiger? He could have said lions, I would say. You know what I'm getting at, Bill, is this. Behold, I send you out among sheep, among wolves that are a pack animal. You're going to be outnumbered. Jesus is saying, behold, I send you out. You're going to be outnumbered in this world. So you're going to want to put a tribe of dudes, a tribe of females around you. Does that make sense? You know one thing they discovered? There's a book out there called Tribe. Listen up, military friends, which we love you. You know one of the things that this guy, he wrote a book called Tribe. And he said that one of the main psychological problems and components to PTSD is that, y'all will get this, you leave country and you come home, you get stateside, and one of the problems is, yes, they got to deal with the wiring of the brain and all this sort of stuff, and I'm no neurologist, but the problem they're saying in this book called Tribe is they used to have Johnny on his right and Caleb on his left, come what may. Then you bring them stateside, and they've got the trauma, but they got no brothers on, on their left and their right. Nobody's got their six. Whereas, and that's what Chris Kyle was doing when he was killed, by the way. He was rehabilitating some severely PTSD'd folks at the gun range, as you all know. But think about it. He was on to something. Chris was on to something. Get around like-minded people. Get your tribe. Because you could survive war zone with your battalion, but then you come home alone? It is not good for man to be alone, right? You're supposed to have a tribe of people around you. I've beat this to death, but doggone it. Y'all are in your 30s or 40s, and if you look at your table, it's pretty empty. Don't do it anymore, man. Life is better in relationship, okay? Prayerfully walk this out today. Let's, uh, let's worship. What did I say we're going to do? Endless, yes. We're going to talk about the endless love of the Father. Thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in.